Was I not on last week? Oh, my. Really? Oh, that's great. Okay. That's loud. I'm just going to put it down just enough so you can. Just now, it's all right. It's, it'll still get recorded. Okay. Uh, anything in here you want to chatter about? I got some ideas, but I'd rather do yours first. Uh, you have this general thing about Jesus praying for you, and there's a couple of different ways that could go. Anything you're curious about? You want to talk about? Well, I was curious at least about one thing, uh, which is this at the bottom of 11, where he gives all these examples of uh, Jesus praying through the course of his uh, time with us. And that I thought then I would, go, um, I would go check the verbs used for praying and see if I could get a clue from the different ways uh, that Jesus prayed. And then I was stymied a bit because all of these, uh, save one, is uh, the same word. So if you look on the bottom of 11, all these things that happen. He's praying and the Spirit descends. He prays and uh, uh, he then forgives. He prays and then he chooses the 12 disciples. You know, he prays before Peter confesses him as Messiah. Prays before the transfiguration. Um, prays before the... the uh, uh, teaching the disciples to pray, and fascinatingly, he uses the same word. He's praying, or, or maybe not fascinatingly. I, you know, I guess I consider the Lord's prayers a different character than my own, and maybe I shouldn't do that then. But he, he prays, he's praying, and then they say, teach us to do that. And he says, okay, when you do it, and he uses exactly the same word. Um, and then before he uh, uh, goes down to death, only the last one is different. We can talk about that in a second. But uh, I don't know that there's anything too surprising in the first bits. And maybe the surprising thing is that there's not anything uh, surprising. Now, um, you don't have to know any Greek to sort of see what's going on here. I did three words. Um, the first one uh, is, is oikomai. And then if you want to strengthen a word in Greek, they just sort of stack it together. So then prois okomai, or diomai, pros diomai, or takano. And then you get entocano, a bit stronger, and then pros, oh, I'm sorry, hyperentocano. You got that? So you don't have to know any Greek to kind of figure that out. The longer the word gets, you know, the stronger it is, right? So, um, and you can sort of, you can sort of, I'm sorry, you can't really see on the other side. Um, uh, you can sort of get the, pros just sort of increases. It's a, it's a, it can be used as a preposition, or it's, it's, it's in or with or from or to, but it, it is strengthens the, the thing. And then hyper, or hupe, you know, you get, you get that. Uh, that just is the extension of that. Well, so here's Jesus in his first bits, in all of these ones, um, when he's praying uh, at his baptism before he goes to work and all that. It means sort of the normal stuff that you think, that he wishes for something, or he asks for something, or he also invokes, you know. And that's a prayer, then, that is completely open to you. Uh, when even at the Lord's prayer point when he says, you know, that he's doing his prayers and then he, they, they say, could you teach us to do that? Um, he gives them exactly the same things. Well, there's some things you'd be wishing for or asking for, but you wouldn't be uh, on your own doing that. Now, the very interesting thing is the last one in that list, there are two, and uh, he doesn't use this normal praying word at all. We normally hold those up as examples. Uh, to, if you read them there, when Jesus uh, prays for the soldiers before, his, as, 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 as that he prays, normally it's translated as he prays, Father, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. And then I think the other one is, you know, he prays to his Father and he gives up his spirit. And the interesting thing about both of those things is it doesn't use the pray word. It just uses the fact of the matter word. The first one is uh, just to speak, and the second one is to yell. To yell, sorry, or sort of cry out, you know, or voice it out, you know. He just sort of, he just sort of says, well, that's, he cries out, and he, and he gives up. Uh, but you remember, normally we, we take such strength in that because it's into your hands, uh, I commend myself, which we said in the, we just said in the prayer. So you tell me, what's the difference? Why, why does he do that? 
You got any ideas? Or is there a difference? I'm asking you, and I don't necessarily have the answer. I'm just, I'm just curious what you think. Could be that it's already decided at the end. It is, uh, in one sense, the decision is already made. Although, um, there is a point where somebody just sort of has enough. And to be able to say it when they're driving nails through your hands is really quite a remarkable thing. There is, there may be some brevity. Yeah, okay, good. Yes, it's actually Jesus said, it's just elegant, you know, Lego. Jesus says, Father, forgive them. Yeah. So he can, but he still asks his Father. These are just the sort of things to puzzle about. So, so why is that? Why, why is that? So it could be possible that he's got it already. It could be that it's the way it is. It could be, um, it, it could be what he asks. Any, anything else? It is in the present. Right. And the other one um, at 46 is crying out phonesis phone, which is just, you know, phone is your voice like phonograph. Uh, he just sort of he just sort of cries it out with a great cry. He cries it out with a great voice. Jesus said normal word for talking. Hyphen, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Uh, in saying this, again, just the same word, he expired. He, uh, you know, he's finished. Um, I don't know exactly what the answer is. Yeah, good for you. Um, now you have to give me the text and then I can look it up. Um, which gospel gives you, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It's actually not in this, it's not in Luke, is it? Is it, is it, Math, is it Matthew? That's the thing, when I bring the wrong text, then I don't have it just in front of me. It's Ma is it Matthew? Yeah, it's a Matthew text. What's the verse? 2746? Let's have a go. Ninth hour, Jesus, 46, said it with a big voice. Same, same two verbs. So those are normal verbs, too. But it's just fascinating, you know? You would think at the death point, you'd be invoking your best praying verb, wouldn't you? Well, I, I, you were supposed to tell me. We had homework to do, you know. Yeah, what is prayer? Good. Okay, good. Good. This is. I don't know. I, I'm thinking, I'm dying, and why have you forsaken me? And couldn't you forgive that guy who's nailing me to the cross? And. I'm just, I'm good. Is it different? Why is it different? Yeah. Wouldn't that be the begging verb? You're, you're describing your... Uh, well, no, he uses the normal kind of we're talking to each other. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm, I think you're very close to being right. I'm just posing the question, though. I would think at your death point, when people are actually doing you in, at your death point, and at the point you think you've been most lost, don't you find it odd that he uses normal verbs? As opposed to, so what's the difference? Go and then we'll go and then there. Go. Right. Right. 
bad phone. Um, I'm hoping you, this is such a, if you could, I'm, what I'm doing is trying to put this, all of these together because I think there's a great answer. Like that's a, there's a collective answer here, which I think is brilliant. Does it? <clears throat> you can't escape it just because you admit it up front. <laughs> right. Yes, please. Yes, please. Yes, please.
exactly right. No, we haven't, we haven't, we haven't got so close. Well, you can come. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, some people, some people, some people are, and some people are not. But you'd come and whisper that in my ear when I'm dying. That would be a helpful thing. Right. It's crazy. to be a real disconnect. If it was a real disconnection, there would have been a real <gasps> I mean, the notion that God dies is a much a much uh, more difficult notion than a human being dies. Why are the? I, I think that I, I think there's a great answer that's sort of collectively been given. Uh, I got to see if I can figure out everybody's. Um, well, let's think about this now. Gigi sort of went on about with a very full picture about um, how one has a life of prayer that it becomes a part of you. How's that for? Is that a fair summary of what you said? So much a part of you that your world. Can actually look like a, d a different world, and people can be startled by that. That's sort of that's I'm trying to I'm trying to press together. And there was the very um, there's some very good sort of Christology going on here when you say he knew theoretically what it would be like, and it certainly was a different sort of thing. And then to experience that could could utterly to be utterly disconnected is a thing that could sort of make you cry out, right? Okay. And then. Um, one observes the different kinds of crying out. So there's some despair crying out, and then there's, um, oh, I'm sorry, forgiving crying out first. Forgiving, spe normal speaking. This is the normal way of speaking is to forgive. And then there is the crying out of, of, of you let me down, right? Um, and then there's the normal way uh, where you come to the end of it all and you say, well, this is how it is. And then the last cry, as you remember, um, is, is, the prayer, is the prayer that, that mommies taught their kids. Into your hands I commend my spirit, right? So, so try this. And this is just, you know, sort of just thinking it through. If you have a life that's given to prayer, 
in the way that Jesus was given to prayer. And so we see these significant things. And I, and I sort of, did, in my own thinking, I divided this into Jesus praying for himself. I'm about to be revealed as the Messiah. I'm about to choose disciples. I just got baptized. That's my ordination, so I'm off to the cross. If you think about Jesus praying for himself, he uses this normal invocation. Hey, pay attention to me. I'm your son. Or, um, hey, I really need something. Man, help me choose the right 12. Or, hey, you just baptized me, and in the midst of being baptized, you sent me off to the cross. Theoretical, which will become reality, right? Then by the end, if you have a rich sort of prayer life, at the end of your life, this is just the fact of the matter. Does this make sense? See? So your life goes from, um, you live this, this rich, full life of, of both joy and challenge, and you constantly are praying for you know, what the Lord might have you do. And then uh, at the death point, all the things you've been praying about your whole life are the most natural things and are sort of given then to the natural verbs. I forgive people because that's what we do. That's what we always prayed for. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Um, uh, then even when uh, God turns his face away, disconnects himself, you just sort of carry on because that's the sort of life. What could be more odd, you know, in your iPod sort of life as you described it, what could be more odd than no one, A, that God just turned his face from you, and then B, uh, you blurt out, you're still my guy. And, and how do you get that? You get that because you've rehearsed that for a lifetime, you see. And then on the far side of that disconnect, you know, what you get is the strength to say, you know, you sort of die the way, the, uh, the way that, that Kathy described it, which is, well, isn't this great? You know, big cry at the end, isn't this great? Into your hands I commend myself. So then, now in a backhanded way, what I want to do is, you know, I, I could have asked you, the, you know, the way pastors always do, why should you pray? And then you, you sort of give me the, the answers you learned in Sunday school. Well, Jesus tells us to. And Jesus will answer some of those prayers. And then, and maybe you won't, and that'll still be good for you. And, you know, and, and you know what? The honest to God truth is, of course, that's all true, but it's true at about a third grade level. Um, I could ask you a more difficult question, like, you know, if we all scratch down on a piece of paper how much we pray, here's my guess, okay? Uh, not very much, okay? Because you're bad people? No. That's not it. Because you're overly busy people? Yeah, I think that's far more the issue for most of you. And um, perhaps, you know, because uh, you got a little bit of sin in you that resists that. You know, that you had that, that quote that all prayer is warfare. And of course, that is true to some extent but it's also warfare with yourself. Which is why then, now you're sort of backed into why the discipline of prayer is so important. Because it actually, is, it's a life. You know, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's what your life is. You know, what does Jesus do all day long in heaven? He prays for you. That's what he does. That was the text in Hebrews. After the order of Melchizedek, the priest, um, Jesus prays for you. And what's interesting is, um, when he prays for himself, he uses the prayer word. When he dies, he uses normal talk, softer and louder. But when he prays for others, he actually um, uses a different word. That's the diomai word and the pros diomai, which is really interesting. He prays all day long, and the diomai is to, is to now, now, one of the things about languages, and you know this in English too, words progress, right? Or they have different shades of meaning or different meanings. Okay, first diomai means, it first was used to lack or to need something. Okay, you got that? So you, you're missing something. And then the natural progression is that that became a verb for asking, right? Or seeking. So, I mean, that's normal. You, you, you lack something. Now you want something, so the same word can be used to act. But then, um, and so, so Jesus uses that verb, for example, in Luke 5, before he's about, I, I'm sorry, people, people use that when they're begging Jesus for something, heal me up, 
I've got a problem, I've got a hole, would you fill it up? I've got a need, will you fix it? That's the word they use. But Jesus also uses that word himself when he's praying for somebody else. For example, when he says, Peter, Satan is going to sift you like, like wheat, but I'm praying for you that you won't fall. Okay? You've got this need, and I'm asking that, that that need gets filled. So it's very interesting that he uses actually a different word um, when he talks about what you need. Okay? And that's in real time. And here's the other thing. In Hebrew, it's even a stronger word. So this is Jesus praying for himself. This is Jesus praying in real time for his disciples. And this is what Jesus does when um, in heaven right now praying for you. Okay? So three different kinds of words. Jesus praying for himself that gives way then to, after a long mature life prayer, you die in the indicative, if you'll let me say that, right? You die in normal language. Because after a long life of, this is what I need, this is what I want, I don't know what to do here, I'm struggling, this hurts, thank you so much for that. When it comes to the point of the basic things, forgiving sins, feeling like you've been abandoned, and coming to the peace of your death, you die in normal language. Isn't that interesting? Okay. So this goes into his normal life. This is what he was doing in real time for his disciples. And this, interestingly, is what he does for the church right now in heaven. And that word, uh, takano, is the word that means to hit a target, okay, to hit the bullseye. Isn't that weird? So now Jesus um, prays in heaven to his father. I wish this lot would hit the target, right? What does that mean? It means that there's something that's good for you, right? That you should hit. And then there's all sorts of things that are not good for you that you should miss. And um, it then becomes into, to hit the target verb becomes the word for doing the right thing. So here's what Jesus prays in heaven. This is, um, if you want to go there, it's Hebrews 7.25. Maybe it's good just to spin to a text. So Jesus prays, Gosh, I wish they'd hit the target. Gosh, I wish they would do the right thing. Gosh, I wish it would happen for them. Okay? That's, that's what it first means. So, and it's, if you got Hebrews open, toward the end, um, Go to Hebrews 8, 6 first. You know this whole section in Hebrews about, you know how Hebrews works? Um, in the old days, Jesus gave us prophets. Now he gave us a son. Who is that son? He is a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. What does a priest do? The priest sacrifices. What was the ultimate sacrifice? He sacrifices himself. But guess what? Given the fact that he was after the order of Melchizedek, who had no beginning and no end. He lives forever. Really, what's he do with his spare time? Well, he prays forever and ever for you. That's about where we are. That's just the first seven chapters of Hebrew. Boom, 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 boom. So um, Hebrews 8, 6. <clears throat> Let's see. But the ministry, now this is really interesting. The word here is... Um, is liturgias, uh, uh, the liturgy. Okay, so the liturgy, which in Greek means service, the liturgy, the liturgy, the service, the assignment, the doing, the service, the liturgy Jesus has received, is as superior to theirs, other priests, as the covenant of which he is mediator is superior. So uh, old priests had an old covenant. And then the new priest, Jesus, has a new covenant in my blood, words of institution, right? This is, the, this, is, this is the new covenant in my blood for the forgiveness of your sins. So old priests sacrificed bulls and goats. Bulls and goats did get you forgiveness, but he had to do that over and over again to remind you that it was incomplete. It would only be complete when the Messiah comes. So Christ, 
the new mediator, the new Messiah, has a new covenant in his own blood. It only needs to be done one time. Okay. And it is founded on uh, better promises. Um, eight, six. It is founded on um, the, the, these uh, better prayers. So this is what Jesus is doing all day long. Jesus is uh, praying for you that you would be doing what it is that you ought to be doing, that you might uh, hit the target. That's what he does all day long, right? So in general, Jesus is praying for his church. And then beyond that, uh, when he does that praying, now just turn, you probably have to turn back one page to Hebrews 7.25. And you remember he's just said again, you're after the order of Melchizedek. Therefore, uh, Jesus is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he lives to intercede for them. So now this Takano, I hope they hit the target. I hope they do the right thing. Becomes a word for uh, it gets strengthened to run to. So there's a sense of Jesus always going to the Father. I, I hope they do the right thing. Help them do the right thing. Please let them do the right thing. Please give them gifts that would prompt them to do the right thing. Please receive them because of the right thing I've done. He's the mediator of the covenant, and they come only to God uh, through him. You know, he says he's able. Uh, they, the most literal translation is, is this. You're able to approach through Jesus who approaches the Father. Does that make sense? So what Jesus is doing all day long is saying, well, wouldn't you forgive them? Wouldn't you care for them? Wouldn't you love them? Wouldn't you help them? Wouldn't you prompt them? Wouldn't you move them? Wouldn't you help them uh, do what's right, do the right thing? And the word is never done. Until, until the second coming. And then what will happen is the work just sort of carries on. That's, that's this, this limitless notion of heaven. Well, there's always one more thing to learn, see, enjoy, you know, rejoice in. It would be a fascinating thing. Which is Eden then restored, you see. Eden was limitless in its benefits. That's part of the, part of the great sadness of the fall is that the, the you know, benefits get, not only get stopped, things go in reverse. They break apart. Have Eden restored us, you know, he, his work is finished, everybody's back, and now you just, his joy sort of carries on. In every, everything you've got, you know, emotion, intellect, uh, uh, feeling, every human characteristic will, you know, constantly have the opportunity to advance, and only in a good way. It'll be a, just a remarkable sort of thing. So I guess now back, knowing all of that, okay, so what does Jesus do? Jesus, um, he prays for himself, and then he, he, he lives and dies in the indicative. Indicative just means I am doing this. He, he dies in regular speech, okay? But in the course of that, when he's praying for you and you're the target, he's very interested in saying, um, you know, couldn't this happen? And then, uh, for, now he spends his days saying, uh, could you keep him on track? all day long, right? So what we're trying to do is, um, if, you, if you need a reason to pray, uh, one would be, uh, the, it builds into you the life that Christ would have you live, right? Actually, one of these words for pray actually becomes the word for vow. Um, it's the middle of the, of the deal, my word, I think. So, you know, I don't, I don't, um, I don't, I don't know exactly how much each of you pray, but I do, do know there have been points when um, we've sort of collectively decided to pray here and we haven't done so. That I remember at the Bible Church thing uh, when we were doing the walk through the day out and then there was, you know, we sort of said, hey, couldn't we do some praying? And then, you know, when we did it, um, we had very few people show up for that. Yeah, that, that. That sort of makes me nervous. Now, that doesn't mean people aren't praying, but it means we don't have a collective ethos of prayer together, perhaps. Um, 
But I suspect it may, it may mean that people aren't praying. I suspect it may mean that. And that's partly the reason I always encourage to use the prayer books and a regular devotional life, because <coughs> you know, you're the generation of, you know, you have a Blackberry, you have a Palm Pilot, you have a cell phone, you have a, a, a day planner that keeps you, your lives are so busy that you, you have to have that in order to know what's going on. Don't you have a family calendar? Of course you do, right? Because otherwise you miss the orthodontist and you have to pay anyway. So, you know, you do have that. Maybe you don't miss the orthodontist. Sometimes we do. So, okay, so here's the thing. Um, you know, given that life, you need some way to structure your own prayers. And regularly, here, I'm just taking a stab at this, but regularly what I find in you is you're so busy that you are, now pick one that describes you, oh, I don't know, exhausted, scattered, unable to pay attention, can't think of one more word to say, you know, right? So, or maybe you have too many words to say, <laughs> right? It is, so what, what, what is a prayer, why does a prayer book help you? Even the sort of thing that we do in the morning, why does a prayer book help you? Because it orders your thoughts. One of the things about the prayers that we do, and I did the Thursday prayers today rather than Friday, I did Friday last week, but you notice on the left side, as you open that prayer book, it gives you a thing and then it shoots you and it says, if it's Thursday, you should pray. Just pick up one of these. I don't know if you know this. Pick this. Pick up one of these. You know, 29. If it's, if it's, if it's, you know, I did Thursday today because I did Friday last week, but 28 and 29. When it gets to the po the prayer point, it says prayers for others and ourselves. You know, if you just move left, Thursday for the church and her pastors, for missionaries, for a fruitful use of the sacrament. Of course, that's memory of Monday Thursday. You know, they're usually giving you. They're trying to clue you into a little history. Look at Wednesday for marriage and family. Just ask yourself, when was the last time, let me just put it to you this way, when was the last time that you hadn't just had a fight with your husband that you prayed for your marriage? I'm just, just theoretical, try not, to, try not to add to what I'm saying here, okay? <laughs> but it's just, it's just serious. I mean, when was the last time you did this, right? So, so uh, that the, the we all live together under the grace of Christ according to the word of God. For adults who rear children alone, when's the last time you prayed for single mothers and single fathers? When's the last time you prayed for the school, for godly schools, you know? Church schools and seminaries, when's the last time you prayed for the seminary? I mean, you won't, see, I mean, your, your lives, my life, is just too busy. If you don't have a time and a place, and frankly, a paradigm, I mean, if you're really good, if you're really good, okay. But you know, if you're normal, and exhausted and you have kids and you're a mother or you work or you work and your husband works, my guess is, you know, you're always, your RPMs are always in the red and you need some help. And the thing is, is normally the default is that we don't do it. I think, let me go here and then here, go ahead. Good, that's all right. Do you have children? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, but um, you know what really um, freed me up, like from all the guilt of not getting to it, was the idea that I could pray while I was getting the laundry. If I spend, I do 20 loads a week, so I have a lot of time that I spend <laughs> laundry. So like, um, it can be, I found, and you know, it's always like it doesn't like everything, but that. Those words are a prayer that you just keep coming 
back to you um, without <coughs> even thinking about, okay, this is my prayer time, so what should I pray about? Yeah, I, I don't want to, thanks, I don't want to discourage you from, um, you know, praying while you're, while you're folding the boys' boxer shorts. You know, I, I actually don't want to discourage that because I get what you're saying. And the nicest thing that you said then was that, that at the end of that, that was your way back into maybe having a bit of time. Um, if I were your pastor, though, I would say, oh, you know, take five minutes off a day and sit by yourself quietly while John washes your boys and reads to them. You know, because I do think, I, I, you can, and I don't, I don't want to play these two things off. You can, you know, pray while you drive, pray while you fold clothes, pray while you're, pray while you're talking to somebody else, pray, pray, pray all the time. But I also think, um, and I'll diagnose you and me in this, I think, in the, I think in the last, you know, certainly for the first thousand years of the church or maybe the first, um, well, first 1,600 years of the church, people had much greater respect for the healing possibilities of silence and solitude, yeah? Because here's the thing. I mean, you're a wonderful Gigi, but you would be a better Gigi if you had 15 quiet minutes a day all by yourself. And you'd even be better if you read a psalm or two in the midst of that. I'm not talking about 15 solid minutes of doing that, but if you read one psalm and it took you three minutes and then you sort of sat quietly and thought about whatever came to mind for 12 minutes, your life would be better. And, and, and I don't disagree with anything that you said. I, I sort of put that in as sort of the next good thing. I, I think it's. I think it is. Uh, and and you know the liturgy. One of the great defenses of the liturgy. Part of the reason of singing, for example, the Our Father is. You know, I hear kids every once in a while wandering around singing some of those refrains, but I actually know which ones they sing and which ones they don't sing. You know, so partly what I'm trying to aim at on Sunday morning is the ones that they'll sing, real honestly. Now it is fun every once in a while to catch um, your boys, for example, uh, doing a little riff of a Latin song because they do that, because I've heard them, right? So there is some benefit in that, and, and trying to find how that works together is an important part. Yes, please. Right. Well, if I'm not, I'm at least describing something that's right that's its next door neighbor. Um, certainly the psalm is a prayer, can be read, the psalms can be read in a whole different, you know, in a bunch of different ways. Um, certainly the psalms are written as prayers. Um, you know, classically, we sort of distinguish between prayer and uh, meditation, for example. But they're very, they're very close and they sort of fall into one another, right? I mean, I'm sure you've had this where you're sort of thinking about your husband, your kids, your life, whatever that sort of you sort of think about it sort of drifts into a prayer you're suddenly talking to the little baby Jesus and you didn't even know when you got started and when it right you just sort of find yourself doing that so you know we just observe that there are two sort of different things and maybe sometimes prayer has really crisp boundaries like a collect on Sunday morning or the collect in Acts 4 on which Sunday morning is based but there are also these things where you just kind of slide in and out of having a conversation with a good friend which I think certainly, you know, maybe that's prayer in the indicative too, right? This normal, uh, we're just talking, right? And there's value in different kinds of prayers because I don't know about you, but you know, my own talking then can sort of blather on and it can also get sort of self-absorbed very quickly, which is interesting because when we look at Jesus' prayers, they weren't self-absorbed, they were normally all the examples that were given, now I'm trying to think this through, but I think all the examples that were given there were all about somebody else. He was prepping to do the Father's work as Messiah in a very practical way like healing or feeding or dying on the cross, right? So, yeah, so, so I don't, and, and so kind of a, as an intellectual exercise, yeah, we can distinguish those in your own life. You just sort of watch them. And then here's the thing. I know this is going to sound stupid, but if you pray, you get good at it. And if you get good at it, you can kind of see the difference in things. 
And when you can see the difference in things, you can see things that are valuable and not valuable. Like, it's very valuable to do it while you're folding clothes, but it's not very valuable if it only becomes about your complaint or your desire or you, right? So you sort, of, you sort of get some experience, and then when it comes to the death point and it actually is about you, it's not so bad to say, well, I'd like to forgive everybody who needs to be forgiven, and I'll, 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 the Lord will take care of my spirit, and that'll be good. Go ahead. I've heard this. Go ahead. Yeah. Go. Good. And Stay it. I need to come and give that little uh, exposition to the second grade or somebody around the balcony. You see, that's the sort of thing. Now, if you can hear this, and I mean, that's a paradigm for, as a very simple paradigm for ordering your prayers that keeps them from becoming about whatever springs to mind. What did you say? All pinkies. All pinkies, exactly. <laughs> Brilliantly said. That's exactly right. So, I mean, and, that's, and that's all I mean by this. That's, that's, I don't mean more. I'm, not, try, I'm try, not trying to make it complicated. I'm trying to make it simple. You know? This is brilliantly said. Thank you very much. One more thing, and then we should probably go. I think you have, do you, what, now the next thing, you have little small groups if you want, right? Right? <laughs> well, I think, you know, you can only, you know, you can only take so much. all of those things, isn't it? Okay. Well, that was pretty good. That was a pretty good little exposition there. So it's inside and it's outside and it's about big things and little stuff and it's about when you're irritated when you're not. And 
think it all counts. <laughs> Well, the bad stuff, the, only, the, 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 the reason to say, when the bad stuff comes in, your head is a, is, 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 you know, well, we could push enough water through this air that your brains would come out this air, right? This is Bern, that was Bernoulli's principle we learned today for seventh grade. Didn't, didn't you all learn that for seventh grade science today? Oh, you should, it's just brilliant. Oh, whatever. You know, what was it? What's what? I know it's not. It's the, it's the increasing volume and flow. Yeah, yeah, okay. Man, if I had to, well, never mind. Okay, so, all right, so here's the thing. Is, is, is it's, um, well, there's only so much space in your head, and the good stuff displaces the bad stuff. You, you can only tend so many things at a time. All right. Even people, it's kind of interesting, you know, there's this whole emphasis on multitasking and hiring and all this, and there's been a run of, uh, in business journals and stuff, there's been a run of, uh, articles about how poor people are at multitasking, for example. I was read one the other day about a guy who was going to fire somebody else, and so he was trying to do four things at once, and he was telling the four vice presidents he was going to fire them, and then he hit send, and guess what? He sent it to the guy who was going to fire. Yeah, that was good. So, uh, you know, on top of, besides the, you know, lawsuit and the flaming response he got, there's probably some more pain there, too. One of the things that happens is we only have, and this is really important in the church, you can only, if you're doing A, you can't be doing B, okay? Which is why you always seek maturity in a church, which is you want to move to the next level. Because if you're, if you're thinking about this, okay, if people are, real honestly, always complaining about the carpet, which is, believe me, there's something to complain about. But if you're always complaining about the carpet, you're kind of not thinking about, oh, I don't know, if you really knew what Bernoulli's principle was. And if you're, you're thinking about that, then you're not really thinking about, gosh, the person sitting next to you who could use your prayers, or people who don't have anything to eat today, or frankly, some church leaders who could use your prayers, right? So the thing is, is, is it okay to complain about the carpet? Yeah, on a limited basis, you know, on a limited basis. But if all you ever do is complain about the carpet, you know, it doesn't really advance the work of the kingdom of God. I mean, Jesus didn't have any carpet. Right? I mean, just, so if your carpet bugs you, you know, you can sort of spit that out and then, you know, Pray for that 9882300 Empire guy to <laughs> call you, and then you're just done, right? You know. So, so I think. Yeah, it's just it is just sinfulness. Yeah, and everybody's got that. When you say you don't know where it comes from, I mean you do know where it comes from. It's the classic catechism answer of the devil, the world, and our flesh. You know, you learn that, and then you spend 20 years making fun of it, and then you grow up and realize that's pretty much all inclusive. You know what what you. You, it's pretty much the devil, the world, and your flesh. I mean, you just sort of, so it's one of those three, pick one, but it doesn't really matter so much, but then sort of move on. And that's partly why, you know, even this paradigm of like, you got fingers, and I mean, because, yeah, the carpet falls in there at some point, like, but you know, last and least, and move on. This is, you know, see the th you, you can see in this conversation how far we are from the classic disciplines of faith. And you can just see how far we are from the classic disciplines of fasting, meditation, silence, prayer, all these things that took 2,000 years to discover. And because we live in America in the 21st century, we just have no clue about. You know, that I can't find a guy to go hear me for private confession within, you know, 300 miles talks about the weakness of the church. It's just a weakness of the church. You know, we have, so, so the thing is, I mean, one of the reasons you're here is to try to, you know, boost your level of, of, of competence, of, of, you know, people actually get better at this stuff. And when they get better of it, you know, it's sort of the rising tide lifts all boats thing. Then your family gets better, and you know, you, you, your church gets better, and the people you hang around with get better. You can only, it's, it's why you don't want to be a, a concerned, consumed by the petty sins. Because if you're consumed by the petty sin, you know, the very pe petty things of being irritated, of gossiping, of complaint, of all the stuff that the pastoral epistles warn you about, why don't, there's a very practical reason not to be consumed by that. Because if you're always consumed by that, you have, for example, no time to pray. You know? And if you don't have any time to pray, then the kingdom isn't advanced as far as it might be if you actually tended it. You know, and you're not much help to other people. See, it, it all kind of, it's all the same cloth. I mean, it all just fits together. I mean, the bottom line is you just do what Jesus asked you to do. Just, uh, just stop arguing and do what he asked you to do. 
Exactly, yes. Right. So that right. it becomes depressed and it becomes a nature concept. Yes, good. And if Gigi wouldn't be doing, if Gigi would have said, I do two loads of laundry a week, then I would have had to help her find prayer time. But because she does 20, you know, divided by seven, that's three loads a day, which is like 90 minutes. So she's praying like, you know, crazy woman over there, right? <laughs> so, so you're right. You know, if, if you don't, if you don't see this methodical, we're in a war zone, we have to be careful. We still want to do some good. I fight against myself. Satan fights against me. The world fights against me. You know, we do need that. And that's why, see, this is, all of this fits together. That's why we should hear discipline is a friendly word and authority is a friendly word and boundaries, you know. My, I dropped my daughter off at high school. I'm sure that you do too. And I say to her, you know, some variation of every morning, remember who you are, do some good, Take care of yourself, you know. I mean, I'm sure that you do too. Why do I do that? Because I know what I'm dropping her off into. Not that it's a bad place, but it's the normal world, right? So you're right. We do, we do, we do. Yes, please. We make time for everything else, but almost except for praying, right? We make time to eat. We make time for travel soccer. We make time for almost everything else. I mean, that I don't have time to pray is really a pretty weak answer. That's a pretty, that's a pretty weak answer for church people. You know, that means we didn't actually know what we were getting into when we joined the church. All right, everybody okay? I'm not sure even what in the world we're, all I know is that I'm supposed to show up at 9.15 and leave at 10, that's all I know. And that's, I'm happy, I'm happy, that's, I'm happy not to know more than that, so. No, I'm looking past you at Carla who said, I talked to Sandy about this and she told me that. No, <laughs> no, 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 I just, no, I think, I think what we decided was, help me out here, I think we'd, we'd, we'd pray together from about 9 to 9.15, that I'd sort of appear from 9.15 to 10, and then for people who wanted to stay in small groups and talk some more, you'd mildly organize that form and people are free to come and go, by mild, very mildly. Till about what time were you planning to go, 10.30 or 10.45, 10.30-ish? So I probably ruined your fund for that. Um, there's about 15 minutes. Maybe today, if you want to, if you want to, maybe maybe that's something you could, you guys could do. If people want to hang out, you could sort of loosely organize small groups, or you could go drink coffee, or help Gigi fold the laundry, whatever, whatever. So. Yeah, they do need to clean. That's part of the deal. That maybe that's why Augie was. There he is, right there. Caught you, Augie, looking at us. So this, yeah, they have to clean. So okay, so let's pray. Yes, please. I'm sorry. Uh, yes. Go, Mary. How many do you need? So those are the most of the kids who are in juvie hall then that we're trying yes. to. Okay, good. Yeah. The, good the good kids have been taken already. <laughs> Oh, yeah, and that's just pure joy. I'm sure the boys could use some prayers. <laughs> uh, you know what? And if you remember them once in a while with a candy bar or something, they're fine. They're good. They're, you know what? They won't admit it, but they love the fact that they all do run to find out if they've gotten something from their prayer pal. If you can do it, just take one. It's not, you know, a little bit of discipline, a couple minutes a week. All right, let's pray, and you can run downstairs and do whatever you want. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Okay, thanks. Just do uh, have a